Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We want to welcome you today to the Church of Christ at Elkins uh, as we conclude our gospel meeting and spiritual revival weekend today. Uh, we're so glad you're here with us. Thankful that you've been able to come out and worship with us this morning. And uh, if you've missed the lessons, they've been a great series of lessons so far. We are trying to duplicate those on either or audio or video on our website. So feel free to go there and listen to the ones that you've not had opportunity to hear yet. Of course, we do have Brother Tom Bowling here with us today, and we're going to uh, tell a little bit more about him, but wanted to get the announcements out of the way first. Uh, our bulletins are in the back there. If you did not get one, you'd like to have one. If they ran out, we can also get you one. A lot of times the articles in the bulletins are also printed on our websites, and we encourage everybody to, uh, to visit those. We did a study last week uh, that we have about 18 visits to our website per day, and uh, that's interesting. So, you know, that's uh, some, some good opportunities for the gospel to be spread and, and tell your friends about it and and uh, our church website is uh, easy to find elkins.church or church of christ at elkins.org uh, we would appreciate you stopping by and visiting sometime if you are visiting with us this morning we would ask that you would fill out an attendance card in the back of the pews in front of you and you can either leave those on the pew or drop them in the collection plate at the appropriate time and uh, we do uh, thank you for being our invited guest now the order of worship today will have our uh, normal worship hour then afterwards, you're invited to stay for a fellowship lunch. And then uh, we will have one more service after that for the afternoon to conclude our gospel meeting. It's been a great time for us this weekend, and we really have enjoyed the fellowship and the lessons that we've had so far. On our sick and shut-in list, we have Hazel Sparkman, Lloyd Gannon, Macon Todd, Christine Purcell, Bernie Brazel, uh, Jimmy Rogers. Now, J.C. Hankins is in the hospital with pneumonia in St. Thomas. I didn't get an update late last night, but he was taken to the hospital yesterday or not before last, I believe, maybe, and uh, maybe maybe having a little little bleeding and some pneumonia. So we need to keep him in our prayers and uh, make sure that uh, uh, we remember him, as well as all those on the prayer list. Um, Sandy Welcher was added this week, and, of course, J.C. Hankins was added this week, and uh, uh Brother Marion also had a son to have an accident, I believe, and, and uh, get a little scuffed up, so we need to kind of remember him as well. That's his oldest son. Um, and uh, that's all the sick that, that, uh, that I know of. We've added Adrian Smithson to our prayer list, and there's several others there. Diane Higgins, who is uh, Rebecca's, uh, well, several, several people here. Uh, that's Marie's daughter, uh, those of you who know Marie. Um, she has uh, cancer, and we certainly need to keep them in our prayers. Uh, birthdays this week, uh, happy birthday to Joey Farrell, I think I know him, today, uh, and then Tammy Bragg on the 12th, and Abigail Farrell on the 15th, so my wife tried to say that that was my present, I don't know, so <laughs> that wasn't a present, was it Tom, <laughs> but uh, no, she is, a, she is a gift, I don't know where she's at, but she is a gift, uh, but anyway, so that's our birthdays, our pantry's in need of restocking, and uh, if you have a opportunity to look at that list in our bulletin we sure would appreciate it i'll tell you a little bit about tom bowling uh before i do he uh he got a uh, text message and a phone call this morning a member from the congregation where he preaches at in mariana florida passed away this morning uh early this morning around midnight uh, 33 years old his name is jason smith and uh, uh he's been sick for a while and tom has uh, been visiting him and and so you know we, we've had a prayer this morning for tom and and for, for his comfort and for the family and their comfort. But please remember to keep this family and Tom and the whole congregation there at Cabins Road in your prayers. Uh, it doesn't matter how long somebody's been sick. When you lose someone, it, it hurts. 
and we understand that. But he had lupus and lung infection and was doing some internal bleeding and things. And, and so uh, Tom said he was a good, good young man, and, uh, and we're, you know, we all have to make that point sometime. And what Tommy's talking about today is he's going to talk about how we can be prepared for that day because we're all going to be there unless the Lord comes back first, and then we're even going to be there quicker. <coughs> So we need to keep, keep that in mind consider that. But just to give you a little history of uh, uh, my, my good friend, Brother Tom Bowling. He's uh, the minister at Cabins Road in uh, Mariana, Florida. Uh, been there for about a year, a little over a year. He's 2012 graduate of East Tennessee School of Preaching. Um, that's uh, now called SEEB, Southeastern Institute of Biblical Study. Uh, he has uh, three sons, Barrett, 23, Bradley, 15, and Tyler, 13, as of yesterday. Yesterday was Tyler's birthday, and... And uh, Tommy uh, did a little sacrifice and came up here. I didn't know it was Tyler's birthday. Uh, but uh, they went out and had a good time. His wife, Summer, um, beautiful, sweet lady. Don't know how she ended up with Tom, but she is a nice, sweet lady. I was hoping she'd get to come. She'd meet her. Uh, been married for 17 years. And Tom is from, actually, Cleveland, Tennessee, from the East Side congregation there and been a Christian for 33 years. And, and uh, I tell you what, it's, 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 it's nice to know good brothers like that. And uh, very enjoyable for me to be able to sit at my birthday breakfast with such a good friend. But uh, we do appreciate that. I'll tell you a little story about Tommy, though. Yesterday, I told him, I said, we're going we're gonna to go for a little trip. And he said, okay. So right before we got ready to leave, I said, come on. And I said some other things. And so he got in the car. He's like a little kid. And he's excited. And we go out to the Moortown Fire Department. We have us a couple pieces of sausage and, and then a refill of sausage and more sausage. <laughs> I did anyway. And some ham and breakfast and things like that. And so, you know, Tommy's excited. And so he gets him back in the truck. And he's like a little kid again. And so we go drive. We go visit my dad. And, and we visit with him a few minutes. And then Tommy gets back in the car. And he's all excited again. And then we stop at uh, a store, pick up some stuff. We go visit him a little more. And he's all excited. We get back to the house. And Tommy, he starts frowning. I said, what's wrong, Tommy? And he said, well, what did you say when we left this morning? I said, let's go, bowling. <laughs> he said, I thought we were going bowling. <laughs> Rebecca wasn't even here to hear that one. David Sharp's going to be leading our singing this morning, and uh, he's got some great songs lined up, and our first prayer today will be Brother Earl Sutton, and then uh, I am set to dismiss. So, uh, But if you would, take out your songbooks. If there's not one near you, reach across an aisle and, or ask someone to, to borrow one, and uh, let's begin our worship to God in song this morning. Thank you. Number 449. It's rather full this morning. It looks good. Everybody's glad, glad they're all here. Number 449. Let's sing all four verses. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is my strength. Without Him I would fall. When I am sad to Him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, He makes me glad. He's my friend. Jesus is all. 
my friend in trial sore. I go to him for blessings and he gives them o'er and o'er. He sends the sunshine and the rain. He sends the harvest golden grain. Sunshine and rain, harvest of grain. He's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me, and true to him I'll be. Oh, how could I this friend deny when he's so true?
this day that you blessed us with. And thankful, Father, for all the many blessings of life that you bestowed upon us, both temporal and spiritual. Especially, Father, we're thankful for this, the first day of the week, that we're privileged to come together and worship you, the true and the living God. We're thankful, Father, that you've outlined unto us the things that you would have us to worship you in. We're thankful, Father, we can come this morning and sing and pray and study your word, observe the Lord's Supper, and give. We're so thankful, Father, that our brother Tom Bowen, who's come our way to conduct our gospel meeting, and we're mindful, Father, of the sadness in the congregation and Cavendish Road, and we pray, Father, especially for Jason Smith's family. We're so thankful, Father, that you've invited us to come and cast our burdens upon you, and you'll make our yoke easy and our burdens light. We pray, Father, that you'll continue to bless our efforts here at Elkins to reach the lost. We thank our Brother Tom's lessons as he's presented about Jesus. And we know truly, Father, that Jesus is your Son because of the miracles that he performed here upon this earth. We know also, Father, that he's the head of the church because... He gave his own blood to purchase that wonderful institution. We know, Father, that he is the master teacher as we study your word and apply the principles to our lives. We know, Father, also that he is the good shepherd and will hear the voice of his sheep or obedient unto his will. We know, Father, also that Jesus is also your gift of grace to us. We know that this morning that we're saved by grace through faith we know the grace is on your part and the faith is on our part, Father, to render obedience unto the gospel and live a Christian life. We're so thankful, Father, that Jesus lived up to the claims that he made. He is truly the Savior of the world this morning. We know that he is your son and also he is the King of kings. We know, Father, that refusing to believe these claims will one day condemn us as we stand before you in the judgment. And the failure to confess Christ before men, we realize this morning, Father, means uh, eternal damnation of the soul if we don't do that very thing. We pray this morning, Father, that we'll always honor Christ. And we know, that, Father, that your word teaches that he that uh, honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father. And help us, Father, to honor your Son by wearing the Christian name and living up to the responsibilities of that name. We know that many live, many wear that Christian name, Father, but they don't live up to the responsibilities of being faithful and studying your word and putting you first in, in their lives. We know, Father, that there's many types of Christians as we study your word. They're strong and weak. They're hot and cold. We know also, Father, there are those that are stable and unstable. And we pray that you'll help each one of us as, as Christians, Father, put you first, to be strong, to be hot, and we also, Father, to be stable in your service. We pray this morning, Father, that as we think about Jesus, we realize that he is the hope of the world, and that it's through him that we have abundant life here upon this earth, and the hope of eternal life and the life to come. We're so thankful, Father, that Jesus came to this earth and died upon the cross, that we through that death might have the hope of eternal life. We know he is our perfect example, not only in speech and obedience unto you, but in unselfish service, Father. We pray that we'll imitate those qualities in our lives. We pray for those who have been mentioned this morning that are sick. We're mindful, Father, of all of them and pray that their health will be restored. 
may be in accordance to your will. We're mindful of the bereaved. Father, continue to pray for each family that's lost a loved one, that you'll continue to comfort them as only you know how. And we pray for the lost this morning, Father. We know that we cannot honor you and honor your son if we're not in obedience to the things that's taught in your word. And we pray this morning, Father, if there should be those in the audience who have not yet named the name of Christ, that they'll render obedience to the gospel, <coughs> faith, repentance, confession, and baptism, and show obedience in their life and be added unto your church. We pray now you'll continue to go with us in our service. We thank Brother David as he leads our singing this morning, and pray that we'll sing with the Spirit and with the understanding. Pray that you'll forgive us, Father, the mistakes that we've made this past week, and you'll erase those things from our lives, that we can truly in our service today with clean hands and with a pure heart. We pray, Father, now that the words of our mouth and meditation of our heart will be well-pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, you're now marking about 886. No, about 886 as a song we sung at the close of the lesson. 886. Before Brother, Brother Tom brings us the lesson this morning, let's sing number 804. Number 804. Would you stand if you're able? We'll just sing verses 1 and 4.
enjoyed the welcome that I've received and enjoyed staying with uh, Joey and Christy. They certainly have a lovely home and have been gracious hosts and have fed me well and, and you've treated me nicely and I certainly am glad to have been here and look forward to coming again one day. And uh, this morning as we open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, we will be there and among other places as we begin and continue our study a good thing that came from Nazareth. Something good certainly did come from Nazareth. As the good brother led our prayer this morning, we examined uh, that the Son of God came from Nazareth and uh, the Master Teacher came from Nazareth. And we see certainly that the Good Shepherd and the, the gift of grace comes from Nazareth. The Jesus Christ coming from Nazareth was, as we determined and examined in our opening study, a fulfillment of prophecy when uh, the, the prophet spoke of the, the branch of David, the seed that would come through Nazareth. And, and there was some uh, question as to, to why Jesus would even come from there when he was selecting those who would follow him. And, and uh, the one that was chosen said, can anything good come from Nazareth? And we know that where you come from matters. Where you come from is important. Where you come from is relevant sometimes to what people think of you. Nazareth was a trade town. Nazareth was a lower middle class uh, area uh, where many times people were poor, uh, working class people. And the, the, the Messiah that were sent to save the world would come from there. He certainly did as a fulfillment of prophecy. We've seen that Jesus is the Son of God and He is the gift of grace. And this morning we will see that gift exposed. Something good can come from Nazareth. What has Jesus been called over the time? Son of God, prophet, priest, and king, the good shepherd, the teacher, uh, the way, the truth, and the life. He calls himself that, the author of our eternal salvation our mediator, the judge of the living and the dead, and the light of the world. All of these things and many more things Jesus is called. The Word, the truth, the light came from Nazareth. And He's here today speaking through the Word of God to you and your heart. And He wants you to be saved and added to His church. Anytime I preach the Gospel, my intent is to prick the hearts of those who need repentance. Anytime I preach the gospel, my intent is to teach the words of Christ and the words of the apostles. And my prayer, along with the brother that led the prayer, is that if there's anyone here this morning that's not put on Jesus Christ in baptism and faithful obedience, that that would be your choice today and not to wait. As sometimes we see, we don't have another day of life. And today it could be, it is, the day of salvation for many. And we've asked that you would make that decision and examine your heart this morning. As we examine God's gift of grace. The holidays are upon us. I love the holidays. I don't know about you, but it's uh, one of the, my favorite times of the year. Um, as the holidays approach, we, we all love, what person among us doesn't love getting a gift? Um, in my home, when we, uh, I don't know if it's anything like, uh, like your home, on Christmas morning, we are a tear-into family. 
Uh, we're not a one person or one uh, gift at a time family. Uh, we are uh, all bets are off and get out of our way and we're tearing open gifts and it's an exciting time. It's, it's fun to get gifts. It's exciting to get gifts. And um, as we look at the gift that God gave to us this morning, we realize that it's a, a blessed gift. It's a true gift. And uh, in so much as we love giving gifts, we certainly are thankful for the gift of grace that God has given to us. When someone gives you a gift, it makes you feel good. I don't think that I've ever gotten a gift. I got a nice gift yesterday from Joe. It's his birthday, and he's giving me gifts. What's wrong with that picture? He gave me a nice Bible, and it and it's uh, it just makes you feel good when somebody gives you something. In Ephesians chapter 2, and verse 8, we see that God gave his Son as a gift for us. For by grace... You have been saved, are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What a wonderful gift that is. What a wonderful gift that Jesus Christ, a perfect, spotless gift. The blood of Christ that purchased the church, as we saw yesterday, was spotless, a spotless lamb that was given. You see... Man was separated from God. In Genesis chapter 3, we read of the fall of mankind where uh, Adam and Eve made the choice to, to uh, eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and, and they uh, were punished and, and there was a separation there and darkness uh, that existed between God and man and God comes along in verse 15 of Genesis chapter 3 and he promises the beginning of of the prophecies and promises of Christ. And he says that he would redeem mankind through Jesus Christ. He promised through Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 that through the seed promise that uh, through the seed of Abraham that nations would be blessed. He promised through Moses that they would be a Messiah, much like Moses, much like a deliverer from as Moses delivered uh, the... Hebrew nation from the slavery and bondage of the Pharaoh, much like Moses, Jesus Christ was promised to bring us out of the slavery that we find in sin, a deliverer, a promise, prophesied by God and the prophets, fulfilled through the Son of God, fulfilled through the virgin birth, fulfilled through the town of Nazareth. Deuteronomy tells us, Moses says, through God, God through Moses says, I will send one like me, a deliverer. And certainly, what a wonderful gift that is. <clears throat> the definition of grace, which in my humble opinion, grace is one of the most misunderstood concepts in Scripture. Sometimes we lean on that word without a proper understanding of what the gift of grace is. He gave Christ the head of the church, the head of the body. And that is an unmerited favor. It's not something that we earn or something that we do of our own volition. It's something that God gave to us. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. If you'll turn with me there, we'll examine this idea of grace through Jesus Christ. To the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter, one, or chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul talking about grace through faith to the church at Ephesus 
says in the beginning of verse 1, and he made you alive. You he made alive and who were dead in trespasses and sin. Look where you are before you have Christ as your gift of salvation. Look, examine where you are before you obey the gospel. Examine what you are before you are cleansed by the blood. You are dead in trespasses and sin. Romans chapter 3. We're all convicted of sin. Whether we realize it or not, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And Paul reminds the church at Ephesus, you were dead in your trespasses, in verse 2, in which once you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit of who now works in the sons of disobedience, drop down to verse 4, but God. Two of my favorite words in that chapter. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. Why did God send Jesus Christ? Because he loves you. Because of that love that he has for you. When your child is just a heathen all year long, and you tell him, you know what? You're not getting anything at Christmas. You ever had that? Got three boys. I've raised three boys. I've told them before, good luck with that. Christmas is going to be a dry day for you. But you know what? We never just let them go without them. We, we still get them something because we love them. We don't. We give them a gift. We don't let them go with That would be horrible. Don't do that to your child. Christmas morning, no gifts. That's just mean. God gave us a gift even though we didn't deserve it. Sometimes we think we do, and sometimes we think we can earn that righteousness, and it's, it's not earned, it's a gift from God. Paul tells the church, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love for you, even when you were dead in trespasses, made us alive together, made us alive together. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Where? Verse 7, in Christ. Jesus. My question to you today is are you in Christ Jesus? Are you enjoying that gift? Are you appreciating and loving the gift of God? For by grace, verse 8, you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Underline that you have been. It's in the um, present active indicative. It's something that is happening now and something that will continue to happen. You have been saved. You are saved through the gift of of God and grace. Ephesians chapter 2 goes a long way to talk about God's mercy, God's gift, and God's love. We are alive together in Christ because of that gift. There's a definition of grace that you can look up, and it talks about how uh, if you look in the Greek-English lexicon, and if you're a, a person who studies and wants to understand a true definition of grace, moreover, the Greek word charis contains the idea of kindness which bestows upon one what he has not deserved. We do not deserve the blood. We do not deserve the gift. Many times you've gotten a gift in your life that maybe you feel like that you didn't deserve. How humble you do? You should. 
Same with the gift of grace through Jesus Christ. The New Testament writers use charis, preeminently of that kindness by which God bestows favors even upon the ill-deserving and grants to sinners the pardon of their offenses and bids them accept of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Grace is a free gift, something we don't deserve. Furthermore, we see grace is especially associated with Jesus Christ. The gift that God gives of grace is only found through Christ Jesus. Nowhere else. It cannot be obtained. It cannot be found anywhere but in Christ. For you know that by the grace of our God, of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, speaking of Jesus, he became poor. For your sakes, he became poor. For you, he became poor. Through his poverty, we might be rich. We sing a song, it's called, He Paid a Debt. He paid a debt I could not pay. He certainly did that on the cross. The sins of the entire world. Everybody who had been born, that had lived in the past, and everybody that will ever be born from now on until eternity, till the end of time, every single sin of mankind was laid upon Christ. On the cross. You could not do that. He did. And it was free. And it was a gift. And it's called grace. It's all about Jesus. No man can be saved without God's grace. We see in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, He became unto all them that obey Him the author of eternal salvation. There is no plan that mankind could have devised. There is no system of faith that we could have come up with on our own. There is no way by which we could be saved that man could have determined. Why are you pounding on that, preacher? Because you know what? There are alternate systems of faith. There are alternate systems of salvation that man has put forth that are false, that people are putting forth as the gift of have how you are saved, and they're not true. Amen. There is one plan, and that's God's plan. And it's given to us right now. We studied His authority in the Bible study hour. Behold, my son, whom I am well pleased, in whom I am well pleased, hear ye him. Jesus said of himself, No one comes to the Father except through me. All spiritual blessings, Ephesians 1-3, are found in Christ Jesus. I submit to you one of those spiritual blessings is salvation. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14, talks about the grace of God hath appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Thank you, Lord, for that gift of grace. There is no plan that you can devise. It must be God's plan. That may sound legalistic to some, but we call that faith in the church and trusting in the Word of God. The direction of grace, we see that the direction comes from God through Christ Jesus. John chapter 117, for the law was given through Moses. The law was given through Moses as a, as a tutor to bring us to Christ. He was a deliverer of the uh, Hebrew nation. He was a giver of the law and, and uh, by which the people uh, kept that law. But grace and truth comes 
through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. And 1 Corinthians tells us, I think my God, Paul says, I think my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus. The grace, the gift, the salvation is through Jesus Christ. It's God's gift of grace. Christ is the deliverer just as Moses delivered those folks through the Red Sea, just as Noah built that ark and delivered those his family members from the flood in the boat, Jesus is your deliverer and the only deliverer. Since all men sin, we know that we can't do this alone. Since all men sin, salvation only through the law was not possible. You see, the blood of bulls and goats could not forgive sin. There is a circumstance and an evidence of God's grace through Jesus Christ being essential. If you'll look at the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 7, talks about the Christian walking in the light, a very familiar passage. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That's a continual verb that never stops. If you had a laser and you pointed that thing, it would go on past the moon and the stars and never stop going. The blood of Christ continually cleanses us from our sin if we walk in the light as He is in the light. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And there are some that think that, that uh, they're not in a position to need the blood. I pray for those people. We all need the blood of Christ. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. In Titus chapter 3, Titus, the young preacher, Paul talks to him and tells him about a washing and regeneration that we receive in Christ Jesus. In verse 5 of chapter 3, Paul tells the young preacher Titus, Not by works of righteousness which have been done, but according to his mercy. Does that sound familiar? Ephesians 2, the mercy of God. According to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Now, in my Bible, I don't know about you, but in my Bible, I have written down a footnote there that says Acts 2.38. Now, why do you got that there, preacher? If you look, when, when uh, Peter was preaching at Pentecost, and he, the, the message of Christ that they had crucified pricked their hearts, and they said, what do we do? And he says, well, uh, repent. Be sorry. Acknowledge your sin. And be baptized for the remission of sin." And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, after the long list of, of dialogue about the, the ones that would not inherit the kingdom, the, the, the sinners, the drunkards, the, the sexually immoral, the murderers, those people that would not inherit the kingdom, Paul tells them, and such were some of you, but you were washed. You were made new. You were justified through the blood. You obeyed the gospel, church of Corinth. You obeyed the gospel, church at Ephesus. 
You obeyed the gospel. Church of Elkins, realize that you're washed in his blood, and that's a free gift from God. Amen. And the free gift of grace that we have in Christ Jesus. Jesus stressed that the plight of man uh, not being able to earn his own salvation in Luke chapter 17 with the parable of the unprofitable servant. It could have never been done on our own. It had to be from God. Furthermore, grace must have an environment in order to flourish and produce salvation. We see Romans chapter 2 helps us to understand that grace never reigns in a climate of disobedience. Now hold on a minute, preacher. Grace is for everybody everywhere, right? I agree with that statement. But it never flourishes. It's never given. It's never exposed in a climate of disobedience. Jesus said, you love me, keep my commandments. After speaking to the adulterous woman in the book of John, where are your accusers? They're gone. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more, by the way. There's a, an element of obedience that we find where grace flourishes. Romans chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. But in accordance with your hardness and impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of, in the day of wrath of revelation and righteousness of judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who patient, who by patient continuance in doing good seek glory and honor and immortality, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. There seems to be for grace to flourish, for that gift to be open, for that exposure to the gift of grace, an element of obedience that cannot be denied in Scripture. In fact, we are told that grace reigns in righteousness. Turn the page over to Romans chapter 5 and verse 21, beginning verse 19 actually. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So, verse 21, that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus our Lord. There is and will always be an element of righteousness in the gift of grace. And finally this morning, grace is essential for a number of reasons. We see we are justified by grace. Romans chapter 3 verse 24. God's grace makes us makes man better in lifting him up out of the mire of sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul, writing to the church of Corinth, has just laid out the gospel, verses 1 through 4, and he talks about that Jesus was seen by over 500 men. And he, he's thankful for that gospel. He's thankful for the, the opportunity to preach the gospel to the church and all around. And he says in verse 9, For I am the least, of the apostles. Have you ever felt that way? I, I am the least. Who am I to stand before you and proclaim the word? I am the, weak, I am the weakest. I am the least. I am filthy rags. Paul says, 
I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Did Paul persecute the church? Was he guilty of uh, persecuting Christians? Who was he to proclaim the gospel? He tells us in verse 10, but by the grace of God. There it is. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. Is the grace of God within you this morning? Is his blood cleansing you? Ask yourself that question. The service of the Christian is made acceptable by grace. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. This morning, we see one great truth associated with God's essential grace, and that is that it's available to all men. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 through 14. For the grace has been given to all men. We'll look at that verse in Titus chapter 2. I'm sorry, in 2 Timothy. Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us, grace teaches, by the way, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself, verse 14, for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Grace teaches us how to act. I just did a sermon on this passage. Grace is a teaching thing. It teaches us to live godly. It teaches us to live righteously. It teaches us to avoid worldly lusts. If you're cleansed by the grace of God, you're, you, you don't want to be in the world. You don't want to be part of these worldly things that are going on. Grace, that forgiveness, teaches us to avoid those things. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. This is not a sermon about drinking. This is not a sermon about drug abuse or sexual immorality or homosexual marriage. But listen, 2 Timothy or Titus verse 2, verse 11 through 14 tells us that grace tells us we're going to avoid that list of ungodly things. If you're a Christian and you're proclaiming to be a follower of Christ, you avoid worldly lusts. Grace teaches us that. It's essential in our lives. No matter what your condition, no matter what your current condition, grace is for you. Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, Paul persecuted the church. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And he was the worst of the worst. What's your story? You think you're worse than Paul was? You think maybe your sins aren't something that can be cleansed by the blood of Christ? You're wrong about that. No matter what you've done, no matter what position that you're in, no matter how you stand before the Lord today, condemned, God can save you. God can forgive you. No matter how bad you think your sin is. And lastly, this morning, God's gift of grace in Christ Jesus. Note these Spiritual truths. All spiritual blessings are found in Christ Jesus. 
All spiritual blessings are found in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1, 3. Salvation is in Christ, 2 Timothy 2, 10. There is no condemnation in Christ, Romans 8 and verse 1. Eternal life is in Christ, 1 John 5, 11. My question again to you this morning, are you in Christ? <coughs> when we have Christmas in our house, by about 8 o'clock, all presents are gone. Nothing's left. Have you ever gone back to the tree the next day, mom, dad, after cleanup? And are you one of them that takes it down right after? We are. We take it down right after. Do you ever go back and say, well, wait a minute. Here's, here's one left. Little Johnny forgot to open his present. Did, does little Johnny ever forget to open his present? I know little Tyler don't, and little Barrett don't, and little Bradley don't. They're all gone. Not opening that gift. Not opening that gift. It's like leaving it. Sorry, my friend Jason died. He opened that gift. He didn't leave it there. And you shouldn't either. Leaving that gift under the tree, you have to open it. There are people that say you don't have to open it. The Bible disagrees with that. You have to go to the tree. You have to go to God, the foot of the cross, and open it. Nobody's going to open it for you. You ever tried that? Let me open that one for you, Johnny. Barrett, Tyler, Bradley. That never worked in my house. You have to open your present on your own. Jesus wants you to open that gift this morning. Don't leave it laying there. Because you never know when you're going to be given the opportunity to open it. Today, if you're not a Christian, let the blood of Christ wash away your sins. Let your faith in Him cleanse your heart. And let God add you to His church. The saved, the ecclesia, the called out, the body of saved this morning. Maybe you opened that gift and you played with it a while and you cast it off to the side and you've forgotten about that gift that was given to you. We're all guilty of that from time to time. It's time to repent. And pray for the prayers of the church to help your unfaithful heart to do better. If you need prayers of the church for any reason, whether it is to repent of sin in your life or to obey the gospel of Christ and be saved in His blood, be coming forward as together we stand and we sing.
died on that cross. As his body was broken on that cross, the take of his bread was remind us of that great sacrifice that he made. We ask that each and every one of us will examine ourselves and will take of this in a manner that is pleasing unto thee, strengthening unto us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Continuation of prayer, we follow this touch through the vine, which represents Christ's blood shed on the cross of Calvary. The ones that partake of it, examine ourselves and partake in it, do so in a well pleasing manner to thee. Christ's name we pray.
Heavenly Father, as we come to this portion of our service and as we go back up on the last week and on all the many blessings that you've blessed us with and given to us more than we need, we pray that we will give back a portion unto thee and that we give cheerfully and willingly from the heart and that it will be forth to good work on this earth and that souls will be saved through the effort. In Christ's name we pray.